Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and this is the Downtime Podcast, where we're going to be taking you deeper than ever into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. Before we get stuck into this week's episode, here are a few ways in which you can support the show. Downtime t-shirts, sweatshirts and hoodies are available now over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. If, like I do, you've got a bit of a soft spot for print, then for just £20, you can subscribe to our biannual mountain bike journal, Downtime EP. Made in collaboration with the incredible team over at Misspent Summers, Downtime EP takes the topics and themes from the podcast and brings them into a stunning print format featuring mountain biking's most talented riders and photographers. You can subscribe now over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP. If you want a little more downtime in your life, then you can join my newsletter where I'll provide you with a bit of behind the scenes info on the podcast, interesting bits and pieces from around the mountain bike world, some mini reviews of products that I've been using and like, partner offers and much more. You can do that over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. Otherwise, don't forget to follow the podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. You can do that by hitting the button in your podcast app now or there's buttons for all the major platforms over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. If you've done all of that, then why not give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook too, where we're at Downtime Podcast. All the links for all of that stuff are over in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. Okay, today I'm joined by your World Cup overall champion for 2022, Camille Ballange. We sat down to chat about Cammy's 2022 season and the ups and downs that led to that overall victory. Find out how Cammy went from a potentially season-ending injury to an incredible comeback that saw her do what was needed to clinch the title at the final round of the year. Cammy also talks about the importance of testing, finding time on tracks, her approach to getting faster on her bike, and plenty more. So, without further ado, is Camille Belanche. Camille Belanche, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. Thanks for, for taking some time out for a chat. I'm looking forward to catching up. Thanks for having me again. Good stuff. Well, let's um, yeah, let's rewind. It's been uh, not that long since we had you on, a year and a half, but a lot has happened in that time for you. Uh, last time we chatted was just before the Leger World Cup. You'd taken the win at the opening round in Gang that year, so you had the leader's jersey. And it wasn't long after that conversation we had where you picked up um, a big helmet sponsor. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, wow. Yeah, that felt like ages ago for me. Um, yeah, exactly. So just after that, I picked up a monster uh, helmet, and uh, yes, yeah, since, since then has been going crazy well. <laughs> Does that bring much support with it? Like these helmet deals seem to be quite a big thing for athletes. Yeah, I will say for sure. Like um, on the financial support on one hand, um, especially um, the prize money, if you do well. You have uh, quite a lot. And um, also maybe for the recognition, like also from other people or just like, I think if they see you with a monster helmet or Red Bull helmet, they'll be like, ah, she must be good. Or like, just because you have something special on the head. I think that's helped a bit, yeah. Definitely. Nice. So yeah, like I said, you had the the leader's jersey last time we spoke, but you seem pretty relaxed about that and you weren't necessarily expecting to hold on to it until the end of the season. And on paper, the rest of that season went pretty well. I think you had four third places, a second and a fifth. At the end of that 2021 season, like ha- looking back, how did you feel from from your perspective? Oh, it was it was really good, but I just never really believed I could uh, grab the overall or anything. I was just... I was almost too focused on just finishing the year and I was so stoked to be all the time on the podium and finishing pretty much all the time top three. 
that I was just so focused to finish the year and just I was I was super stuck on the result already and I didn't really push to try to have more. So that was the big change for this year, uh, for 2022, to really believe I can I can push through the year until the end and go for the overall win and really not let it go because at the end, yeah, I just kind of gave up. Like I just I was just happy with my riding and I just came down and I didn't went for it and I think I regret it a little bit after, even though I was super happy with my season. So yeah, that was the big change for for this season. Interesting. So yeah, I mean, you you have a big background uh, in in being an athlete. You know, you've competed at Olympics and at high level in in multiple sports. What do you do personally at the end of a season to kind of review your progress and then put that into plans and objectives and goals for the off season? How do you approach that? I don't really have like a strict plan or like a book where I write everything down and analyze whatever. But I just yeah, I try. I don't know. It's like unconscious. I have all the thought in my head, and then I try to see where I could be better and what I could do better. And I, since yeah, the last two seasons, I realized that I was good at the start, which we could always see. Like I won the overall the opening uh, round since three years now. Uh, but then I was like going down. Like I was pretty much mentally, I was. I was getting tired at the end of the season and I couldn't push as much or like I wasn't as motivated as, as much as the, the beginning. So that's why I really, what I really wanted to, to work on, to be as good as on the, at the beginning of the season through the end. And for that, I knew I will have to, yeah, kind of find some freshness and not be too exhausted at the end. So maybe take more time off or maybe just, yeah, have another approach. And uh, I went it went super well, so I'm happy about it. Yeah, so that, like you say, it's kind of a mental thing, I guess, to be able to bring that, uh, I don't know, that drive all the way through the season that maybe was missing towards the end of 2021. But it's was it not just the mental side of things that you worked on then? It sounds like you put in quite a lot of changes beyond the mental approach to get you to that point for 2022. Yeah, every year we get better and I le- I learn so much every year every time I think I know quite a lot and then every year we do some more testing on all the stuff and you're like oh how I could ride without knowing that and actually yeah it's super interesting I still learn a lot about myself about the training itself or just really about the bike um recently we've been uh, testing some tire and it's the first time I've been testing tire like that and I learned so much and like I didn't know that it was such a it could do such a big difference also on my bike setting. So yeah, it's super interesting. Every year we learn more and I'm, I'm now, I, I still want to improve. So I want to improve my strengths for sure, but that's kind of easy to do. Yeah. I just trust my trainer and I just work harder, but um, I really want to improve my technique as well. And so now I also find uh, the right person around me. And I'm excited to start uh, to work on my technique more and yeah, just also watch video more of my race run. And yeah, there is always stuff that you can do better. So that's cool. every so you, year I try to improve something. And yeah. Cool. So you've brought someone on board to do kind of ride coaching with you this off season. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, exactly. So far, I, I, I always wanted to do it, but I couldn't find the right person really because he has to be someone that lives also pretty close to you. Otherwise 
yeah, you can do it maybe twice and then it's too complicated. So yeah, finally I found the right person and uh, yeah, we just did one time, but it was more like a test. So we're going to get uh, into it from January on or like February now. So I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Are there particular like gaps or pieces of your riding that you think need work? Like what areas of your riding are you most critical of? Um, I will say cornering. Okay. Well, <laughs> which cornering is where, yeah, the most, I think it's the, hard, it's the hardest technique anywhere. Even when you're super good, you can still improve. I think, um, and on the jumping side, um, I was pretty confident on the jump, but more the, the aspect of absor- absorbing the jump if I need to, like scrubbing. Um, and yeah, basically for me, that's the most important. And then we will work everything pre- for sure. But cornering is for me the, the most important. It's where I not, not really like flat corner, but more even bike park corner. When I look at my, I, my split and the tracks, um, most of the time I lose time when it's bike park. So yeah, I want to improve that. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's where yeah, that, that's where your increased average speed comes from, right? If you can keep that speed around the turns. Yeah, exactly. It's only going to break before and really came out yeah. with a lot of speed and yeah. Exciting excited. stuff. So yeah. So how did you feel then coming into 2022? Did you had a good off season? Yeah, really good off season, but super stressful. Um, we could start super early, but the bike, the new bike went super late so we did a lot of testing, went for, for three weeks of, uh, to Portugal. We did a um, pre-race there, but it was still on the old bike, which I knew perfectly and everything was going well. And then uh, beginning of March, uh, the new frame uh, came and we could just, the day after, basically, we could do the pre-race in Briud, the, the little World Cup in Briud and that was like my second day on the bike so the and I think it was a week after or two weeks after we had the first World Cup so everything was like we had a lot of time for the off season to get ready and stuff that everything went super well but like the bike the new bike came so late it was super hard to get used to um and we didn't even know if we will ride it for the first World Cup because it was so last minute we were like but yeah, is it a good idea to ride it straight away? Normally, of course, it should be better, so shouldn't be a problem. But still, we need to figure out like the bar height and just get used to it and the settings. So at the end, we decided to to ride with it, and I did super well in Brio. I won the race, and even though I wasn't feeling super well on the bike, so I was like, okay, the bike must still be faster. <laughs> I'll just go with it, and yeah, finally, it went super well, but. It was, it was a bit stressful until the first World Cup for sure. Also for all the other parts, the first World Cup was uh, in March still, so super early. Um, it was like we got the, 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 the suspension and everything super late. So that was, yeah, that was a bit stressful for the whole team, for the mechanic, and um, we make it wo- work. But um, yeah, the first World Cup was definitely a bit, a bit too early for everyone, I think. Yeah, it was super early, and it was uh, in Lourdes. Was that your first time in Lourdes? Yes, exactly. First time in Lourdes, I heard like so many times that it's so gnarly if it's wet, and yeah, we all know in March we can have some snow there. So yeah, it was. I was super stressed uh, coming into this round for sure. And limited practice, right? The uplift there was not the most efficient uh, system, and 
yeah, didn't also, get that many yeah. runs. No, it was terrible. We were like waiting an hour or more for one run. So luckily I'm not someone that needs a lot of runs. So that was for sure like an advantage for me. Um, I'm, I wouldn't have done really much run, even if I could have, because it's not how I do. But um, for sure, it was just the fact that you had to wait for ages and stand the whole day was was super special. Do you do you think um, when you say you don't need many runs, do you think that's because you have a good memory for tracks, a good way to kind of build a visualization visualization in your head? Is it because you use GoPro kind of footage really well? Like, what do you think it is about you that means you can do that? Mm, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I have a special good memory. I also don't really use my GoPro a lot. Um, I think it's more that I, when I ride, I do specific stuff on the track and when I can do my line, for me, it's done and I know I can ride it and I don't know, I don't need to do three more runs to be confident or whatever. Like as long as I have everything died, I know, okay, my bike is working. Then I tried all the line I, I wanted and then I choose my line. For me, that's it. I don't need to go train anymore because I prefer to keep my energy and I don't want to take risks. So yeah, most of the time, sometimes it takes a bit longer than then all the time, it really depends on the track. But if I got the track dialed pretty fast, then I don't need to ride anymore. I just go for the time training for sure to have like uh, one full run, one or two full run I like to do. Mm-hmm. But other than that, also just before the race, I always do just one lap at 11 before the race run and that's it. So that's, I don't know, I figured out with the years and that's what's working for me and I'm going to keep it this way for sure. Yeah, it definitely seems to work. And that that first round in laws, you qualified fourth. I think about five seconds off the off the pace. How does that make you feel? How do you approach that challenge? So you've got from the end of your qualifying run, those potential for two runs on race day morning, then the race. How do you look to find that five seconds? Say, um. Oh, I don't remember where I lost the most, honestly. It's quite a long time ago. But normally I like, I, I look, ah, yeah, pretty sure it was the first split. Uh, normally I look at the time where I lost the most time and then it's where I'm going to focus my energy to be faster. So uh-huh. pretty sure it was the, the first, the first split, like big step in the rocks. And I just, then in training went fast like I was like okay you need to go faster there and then I just took more risk there and really try to see if my line were maybe not the best I look with the guys and with the team manager and we we try to see if it was because of my line or just because I was too slow and then I try to really focus on that and keep the the rest of the track the same and uh, yeah I did I improved where I, I had to and there was there was enough luckily <laughs> Yeah, amazing. I remember watching your race run and thinking that it looked like you were a, a dangerous prospect for the season. Like you looked pretty calm and calculated, but incredibly fast, like throughout the track. How, how, how did it go? Though. Yeah, it was, it was, but how did it go from your perspective? Were you happy? Like you must've come away feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, from, I remember I didn't, I did, I think just one big mistake, but otherwise, like I started well and no, honestly, I was. I felt like it was in my limit, and then I never had a big uh, call or like I felt like I'm gonna crash. And I was really like in the in the zone as well. 
I remember I was feeling really great at the start, like I was just not stressed and I was like, okay, just have fun. It's the first one, like just do the best you can and just have fun. And yeah, I remember it was a lot of fans and it was just cool. It was just a sick feeling. I was feeling well the whole way down and then I tried to push until the finish and then, yeah, I just waited at the the bottom because it was still three more to go and see. But honestly, it was just, yeah, a good weekend. Everything went well. I never crashed or never had any issue during the weekend. So pretty easy weekend. Nice. And we're one race in. You've got the leader's jersey, kind of the same start as 2021. But did you feel differently this time around about holding on to that leader's jersey? Um, yeah, I mean, this time I really wanted to to keep it. And the goal for sure was to keep it until the, the end of the year. That's always the goal. But I think this time I really believed in it as well. Like maybe last year I was stoked. But I was like, yeah, okay, it's it's uh, Leo Gang. Um, it's my favorite track. Or oh, he was, what was it? Yeah, last year was Leo Gang, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I won the Leo Gang before, so I was like, okay, but it's because it's Leo Gang, it's a track that suits me. Uh-huh. And this time it was more like, oh, yeah, sick. Like, I've never been to Lourdes and I could win. So just now really just go for it. And and really that was clear, clearly the goal to to fight for this number one plate and keep it to, to the end of the, of the year for sure. Yeah, and we had this the big break between that and Fort William, like six or seven weeks. Yeah. And I guess if you've not performed or not performed how you'd hope to then it's an opportunity to go away and and work on that it's a a usable chunk of time but coming off a win like you couldn't have been in a better position how how did you use that time you talked earlier about trying to remain I guess fresh throughout the season and excited about about the whole thing what did you do with those six weeks um we went if I'm right we went to to Scotland to test the new suspension um with Fox so that was super cool we could go to Fort William before and uh, we got the new new suspension set up and we could test it so that was after the first walker because like I said everything was so stressful before we didn't have time to get the the new suspension so we got it afterwards I could test it take really the time to set it up and then with Benoit we went to Fort William rode the track a couple of times I think for three days so that was super cool we could do already the, the the setting for Fort William. Uh-huh. We were super lucky with the weather. We had like sun, no wind, like it was perfect. <laughs> and then, so yeah, that was really good training for Fort William. A couple of, like most of the riders went to the BDS for the race. Yeah. Um, we figured like, I, I prefer to go there and ride as I want and have time to, to take my, yeah, don't have like the stress of the race and you can ride from the morning to the evening if you want and test the section that you want. And not go to the BDS where obviously you're going to want to compare your time and maybe you're not ready. And yeah, for me, it was more added stress than than really an advantage. So we decided to go before the BDS and then, uh, yeah, I was I felt ready for, for the second round. Definitely. Well, and you came in swinging and took first place in qualifying. So obviously that puts you the last woman down the hill. Does that change things for you? Kind of, does it add a pressure? yeah i will yes but also i realized after the first run the first round in load that i didn't push um uh, really to win the the i thought the last the, the year before i was like oh no i don't want to win the quality like it's a stress and 
like why pushing for the quality i didn't really care and then at the end of the year i was like oh yeah actually it's a lot of points and then again beginning of the season first round i didn't really push for the quality and then the guys were like yeah but you need to push like you're losing so much so much point and you could grab 50 points more and then i was like actually yeah you're right (laughs) i should try to win the quality as well that will be some more points like who knows so yeah from there on i really tried to win the quality as well and um so yeah that was that was i think my first quality win if i'm right and um yeah obviously it was it was a bit stressful but same times i was like wow imagine like you won the quality in in four william you now you have the chance to win the race and win the quality which means you can come down and be the last woman down and like just Ooh, be like ultra happy if you come first because yeah nobody is after you and then I was like wow for William is super mythic like everyone wants to win one day in for William so I was actually super excited and I was just like yeah I was like visualizing myself coming down and winning and having the chance to celebrate directly so actually it was it was pretty cool and also it was super, like we had a race stop I don't remember one of the junior crash or the woman before. And um, we had a course hold and we were all like super cold in Fort William. We were freezing in the, and there was like a little, little barn where we could all rest and we were freezing and they were like, yeah, stop for 20 minutes or more. So we were all waiting and all stopping our warm up and just leaning around. And suddenly they came and they're like, okay, we start in five minutes. And we all we were all like, what? <laughs> Five minutes? But, and then nobody had time to warm up. But like, luckily, because I was the last to go down, I, I had time to like put my helmet, my goggle, and do a visitation. Uh-huh. But the one that didn't qualify well had like to run to the to the gate and go directly. <laughs> so actually, that was that was really good to do well in Qualia for this race. Amazing. That's pretty. That's pretty harsh. That was <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask your your partner Emily retired from World Cup racing last season. She's now trackside at the races for Pivot. Does that help you in any way? Like having someone that knows you really well, also happens to be qualified in sports psychology, on the side of the track, seeing everyone down the hill and seeing kind of line choice and style throughout the weekend. Do you benefit from that? Do you think? Yeah, we we talk all the time for sure. Um, I also have quite a lot of people on the track from my team. So normally there isn't a line that I, sh- that I don't know about, mm-hmm. but um, we like to talk about the line for sure. She also tells me who is taking which line. And then I always look for myself. Uh, I don't want to, yeah, for me, it's not important if maybe Tani or Miriam takes a line. I want to check with my GoPro and see which one is the fastest for me. Mm-hmm. But it's always interesting to know if someone else is doing something else. And then, yeah, she comes with me at the start. So that's cool just to have someone that, you know, coming in the gondola and she doesn't say anything special, but just the fact that I don't have to go alone at the start is just really nice. And um, yeah, if with, if like I'm stressing and I'm having trouble, for sure she will be there and just have the words that she, she, she knows me, so she knows what to say. So I feel better. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. And uh, second place at Fort William. And then we're off to Leergang again. You've already had two wins in a row there. Does it feel good to go back? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you also have the, the stress of 
not yeah you you want to win again but you're like four three times gonna be hard for sure but same times you know you're really good on this track so shouldn't be a problem and once again it was a disaster of a condition like once again big rain so i was super happy obviously you see everyone else uh, struggling a lot and i was also struggling a bit but i think in those conditions i yeah i just prefer it more than most of the other riders so i was just yeah i could ride down i never had a crash so i was like yeah sick and having fun and then when you see the other struggling it gives you even more confident and yeah try to really work on the line and uh, think of the best setup for the whole track because it's always the same in Lurgan. it's super hard to have the best set like you don't have a good setup for all the track you need to yeah. make a compromise you have a super steep food that was like <laughs> a carnage. Um, so you need really good tire for that. And then you have like bike park where it was like drying out and you're like, well, dry dryer could also do. So you really need to choose what you want. And the last two years I went for the better, for me, I always had the best time in the wood. So I always went for the best setup for the wood. And once again, it's where I won the race there. So really good weekend. Yeah, qualified fastest. So that drive to performing qualifying is going well. Exactly. <laughs> and then third win in a row. So Rachel Atherton's the only rider of the current crop to take three wins in a row at a venue. So she's done it at Wyndham and Val de Sol. And if you took it again in 2023 at Leergang, you would join an exclusive club uh, of just Anne Caroline Chasson is the only woman to have won uh, four and five actually back to back at a venue. That would be pretty sweet, huh? That would be sweet, yeah. But every year, I know Valley is also super fast on this track. And every year, she just stressed way too much because we all know it's super hard to have a home race. So I'm going to say it's also going to depend on Valley and, and all the other. But I think, yeah, Valley could could uh, could be really hard to beat us on this track. But if she, if she doesn't stay on the bike, then... Uh, Maybe it's going to be for me again. And otherwise, uh, it's going to be an interesting battle. Definitely. So we went from there to Lenzerheide. Uh, an interesting chat. And they've made some pretty cool changes this year and added in some interesting, like, fresh sections. How are you getting on with that track? Because it was, again, a kind of a mixture of, like, more bike parky stuff and then some some steep bits, some natural loose bits. Yes, exactly. The, the changes were super sick. Normally, it's not one of my favorite tracks at all. Like I like the natural steep section and some of the section, but most of it is like not fun to ride, super hard to to know how much grip you have and also super short. I prefer um, tracks that are a bit longer. So you don't need to be so much on the limit. You can just win time a bit everywhere and you don't take, need to take so many risks. And uh, yes, I actually did some sick changing at the top. Um, I was scared that we would go again in that shitty rock garden, but they did a brand new track, super off camber. And yeah, it was super sick. I hope they can do some more section like that on the track to change it again for this year. Uh, that would be super hard. And uh, yeah, with the new change, it, I liked it definitely more. And um, yeah, it was, it was fun track to ride. It was, we were also super lucky with the weather and uh, nice and, no, it was it was a good weekend. Yeah, and qualified fastest again. I think four seconds faster than Pom Pom in second. And I think 
maybe some of the other women were starting uh, to get a bit fed up with getting beaten and qualifying <laughs> by quite so much. It looked like that really put some fire into Miriam yeah, that weekend. Yeah, she was super hungry. <laughs> Unfortunately, I should have, have gone a bit low, slower, so she would have stayed um, also a bit slower. But she she's shown that um, she can also go fast if she wants to. <laughs> Do you think they're like, obviously, like you say, there's the points in qualifying, so it's good to have. But there is that risk, I guess, that you push the pace on maybe almost too much for for the race day. Yeah, I guess so. Like for, for me, it's also the same. If I see that someone wins with four or five seconds, I'm going to push way more for the finals because I'm like, oof, I'm going to have to go faster. So I guess it's a risk, but you, you, you don't know how fast you can go or how fast is enough to win. So you just go what you think is the fastest and then you just see but yeah i guess she was on on in lancer it's super hard because like i said it's super hard to know if you had a good grip or not and everything is pretty simple so everyone rides pretty much the same and if you're not in the good tempo then you just lose time everywhere and it's easy to lose for seconds even though it's super short mm -hmm. i think it's easy to be in the wrong uh, speed from top to bottom and uh, yeah, I think that's what Pompon did in quali. She thought that was good, and then she realized, oh, that was actually a good run. But I need, <laughs> I need to be everywhere faster, and that's yeah, that's what she did. Then uh, in final, she pushed way more, and it's super hard on T-Strike to know if it's you can have the best run of your life, and then it's super slow, or you can have a super sketchy run, and then uh, yeah, you you really never know in in Lancer either what it's gonna be. Yeah, it's a fine balance. So, and at that point in the season, are you are you still racing for wins, or is the overall kind of strategic play starting to come into your mind at all? No, I think I'm always going for the wing all the time. The only place I was scared and just was going for a top three was Andorra. Okay, but all, all other tracks I felt good, and I pushed for the win. Like, obviously, I want to stay on my bike, but I pushed for the win. Interesting. Because, yeah, Valnord, I mean, that was a tricky weekend for everyone, I think, because it was super hot. The layout of the event was That's terrible, <laughs> challenging for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's it was a super high speed, really kind of effectively narrow track. And you said in the past that you prefer maybe when it's a bit wetter, that slows things down a bit. But yet again, you went and qualified fastest there. So uh, you must have felt pretty good with that track. Is that is that a, a representation of your progression, like your skills progressing? I don't know how I win the quality there, but I must have, I think, yeah, I remember I did the time training and I was seven seconds slower. Normally I'm pretty good in time training too. And then um, I was so slow in time training, but I had a good run and I was like, oh my God, this is really shit. I was like complaining to Emily. I was like, this track is so shit. I'm so slow. And then because I was like, I knew I was so slow on the track. I really went faster. And that's probably why I win the quality because I was like, oh my God, I need to go so much faster. So I actually walked, but then in the final again, I knew everyone will go faster. So I tried again to go faster, but I was way too fast for my, for my skills. So I almost died twice. <laughs> went one time uh, out of the track, was uh -huh. on the fastest section. So I lost a lot of time. And then again at the bottom, uh, just before entering a bridge, I end up with my chest on the elder bar. Like there was the second big save of the, of the run. So then after that, I just calmed down. And finally it was super, super close with second. But there was 
that's the only run of the season I, I went too fast for my yeah for my ability and then I was just making way too many mistakes I, I should have ride a bit smarter and just believed that my speed was enough and I just wanted to go even faster and it was just too much and on this track it was for me super super hard to know how hard I should push or not and that's why I made the mistake but it was really because it was so narrow you felt you you were going so fast but actually it wasn't even the fastest track of the of the season at all but because everything is so narrow and you have the trees like you feel like you're going 100 kilometer an hour and that was super scary you also couldn't see what was under the the ground like there were a lot of loose rocks and roots and stuff and you just couldn't see and that's not something I like when I don't know what to expect and cannot predict how it's gonna be definitely yeah definitely a tough weekend we we went from there to snowshoe which was very different but also very challenging the conditions were pretty horrible does it start to put a smile on your face when the conditions get like that <laughs> yes <laughs> honestly yes but yes and no because it's a pain in the ass to wash the material and the gear and like you you like you do three run in the morning and then you spend an hour washing your gear your your shoes and your helmet and we were doing so many wash machine during the day and it was like the whole thing is so annoying because it was cold and always like dark and wet and so I don't like that <laughs> but obviously when I ride I'm yeah I the harder the hardest is it is in the mud the 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 most uh, I like it so yeah obviously I was super happy about the the hard condition but on the other side I also don't like to to have that <laughs> washing stuff the whole day and like getting you need to be so organized with your goggle and make sure you can you you're gonna have something to wash it or like to clean it during your run and you need to be very organized for a mud uh, for mud condition. Do you think that changes in some of the bigger teams or like the, the riders in some of the really large factory teams, like a bit more isolated from that? Or does everyone have to get stuck in and jet wash bikes and kit? And- no, I think it's, yeah, that can make a difference if you're in a team, especially in snowshoe, the, the pit is super far away. So this year we made sure that our house were closer than the pit to the track. So that was actually super uh, easy to just come back home get changed and be warm super fast and then go back again or like the mechanic stayed home so they had like a place where they could do the mechanic where it was warm and mm-hmm. and they had everything so yeah that can that makes a difference for sure if you're alone and you don't have time to go back to the apartment get changed and everything it makes everything harder yeah definitely and you again somehow managed to get through that whole weekend without crashing i think i heard in an interview with sven you mentioned (laughs) like how how do you ride in those conditions over rocks that literally seem to be taking everybody down at some point and uh and stay upright i don't know i guess a bit of luck too but i just yeah i have a good balance and i i really let my bike go and um i didn't take I didn't feel like I take risk. I knew where I could push. Like in the dirt, you don't take really... Like I was riding full mud tire the whole weekend and a lot of riders were riding also dry tire. So that doesn't help for the mud. (laughs) So for sure, there is a lot of rocks in snowshoes. So some rider goes for dry tire because I think it's going to 
have a better grip on rocks, but most of the track is still on the dirt. So yeah, I don't, I don't really understand this choice, but it was, it's funny, pretty, I think half of the riders were on dry tires and for me, it doesn't make sense at all. Like it's such a carnage and we had like a lot of mud. And so I think it's way easier to ride on mud tire, but that's, yeah, that's super interesting. And it's up to, to everyone, but Mm -hmm. I think for the braking and to be safer, it helps to have better, better, yeah, better, better tire. Yeah. And I don't know, you just need, if you're confident in the mud and just the let, let the bike go, you're not going to crash. Like if you go for it and just go in the ruts, I really like to ride ruts. And then you just go in the ruts and you know you're confident, you're not going to break, so you're not going to crash. If you're not unsure and you're scared, you're going to be tense on your bike and then obviously you're going to crash. And then once you start crashing, you're going to crash even more and then your hand gets full of, of mud and then it starts to be the end of the, <laughs> the end of the day definitely and you you once again went out and qualified uh first this time with like pretty much six or more than six seconds margin to the rest of the women in the field and you've seen what's happened in other rounds where you've put a big chunk into people and it's fired everyone up and maybe you've then sort of struggled to work out where the pace is going to be for finals was that the case here or have you kind of do you feel like you've started to understand that a bit more and know how hard you've got to push after a result like that in qualifying um no i honestly this run was the only round where i knew i would win the race (laughs) it's a bit maybe it sounds a bit cocky but i was i was at the start and i knew that was my round because i felt so good on the track and i knew i could go faster and i felt a bit I felt a bit tired in quali i i don't know i didn't manage really well my run where i was super like tired at the end and I couldn't like same for time training I don't know what happened but I was like cooked I came to the bottom and I was like oh my god I the whole way up to on the lift I was just leaning and I was like dying trying to breathe and I was like oh my god this is like so hard and then quali went also I was also it went a bit better because I did a better warm-up and then in the race I was like okay I need to warm up even better and then just make sure I don't use too much energy at the top so I can pedal at the end and still make time. And I think I managed the race a bit better. And overall, yeah, I almost crashed at one point, but like uh, my front uh, wheel uh, started to slip, but I could just take it. And then from there on, I was like, okay, just stay on the bike. And I don't know, from top to bottom, I knew I could stay on my bike and I really had a good feeling about it. And I was like, okay, if I, the whole the whole downhill, I was like, if I stay on my bike and keep riding like that, that's the win. I, I don't know. I was kind of sure that nobody could ride faster than that. Um, obviously, I had to stay on my bike, but I had a good feeling and I wasn't stressing. I was like, there were like not one single moment in my run where I was like, oh, is that enough or mm. should I go faster? It was, it was super sick. It was the first time that is happening to me, but from the start to the finish, I was... I was pretty sure that was my round and I was feeling really good. Yeah, that's awesome to find that headspace. So yeah, an, an incredible win there. And then we're off to Monson Anne. And I think you normally kind of limit your runs in the early practice session to, to three. Exactly. But you didn't feel <laughs> that the bike setup was quite where you wanted it to be on this occasion. So you made some pretty big changes and went again, right? Yeah, like I said, as long 
as soon as I have everything dialed, I'm not going to go right again. And normally it takes me three runs in the morning. So I know I do two more in time training and that's enough. And um, Monsatan is super, super special in terms of, of settings. Is the f- I was riding, but then we were already like everywhere closed from the compression and we couldn't really go further with that setting. And I, we knew, we know like uh, during the week, I'm going to make my bike even firmer because I'm going to go faster. So my mechanic were like, yeah, we kind of have to, to go for big changes because now we are like already stuck. We already closed everything that we could and we're going to have to change it anyway, because for the race, you're going to be faster. So it was like, I need to put one more air spacer in your fork and we should try a, a firmer spring in the back. So I was like, yeah, okay. Normally I do only three, but I was like, okay, I felt good. But if you want to change that, then I'm not going to ride it for the first time in time training doing a full run. So I prefer to go up again and test that. So I went up again and for sure it was different, but it was, it was pretty good. And I don't know why <laughs> at the very bottom of the track at the end, I decided to test the line, another line, a super weird line <laughs> that I, that like kind of saw the run before, like from, from the corner of my eyes, but I didn't really looked at it super like precisely. And when I arrived there, I was like, Oh, I could try there on the left. I know I, I remember from the, the run before it was, it could be possible to ride there. And once I went there, it was like all blind. And when I, was already on the on the air. I realized that it was big roots for the landing and a rock, and I couldn't do anything else than just going full on it. And then I just lose my. It made me crash on the side and directly uh, on my shoulder, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, a big so change. Such a stupid crash. Yeah, like really like small crash, but like directly on my on my shoulder, pretty hard and on the super hard uh, roots and. That was enough. I, I knew directly from the pain that it was pretty bad. I didn't know if it was the collarbone on the shoulder, but yeah, I felt it was it was super painful. And then I wanted to um, drive, uh, not drive, uh, bike down, right, yeah, yeah. right down, and yeah. I couldn't hold my my handlebar, so I was just pushing my my bike down I, I walked to the pit and then I was just like finger cross finger cross going to my mechanic uh, to my physio I was like please please tell me nothing is broken please please and then yeah we did some some tests I went to another physio and it was like eh, probably probably not looking good and then yeah we went to the hospital pretty quick and I had the result like super fast so that was it for Monsatan. <laughs> yeah, and not the news that you want with, you know, an overall battle still still kind of ongoing. But I guess a saving grace that A, Miriam did not have a perfect weekend in Monsatan, so she yeah, crashed in qualies and flattered in a race run, but kind of kept things open in that respect. And then we had a bit of a gap for world champs before the last round. So there was a bit of time, but not a lot considering you had a broken collarbone. So how how do we get from, yeah, we've discovered it's broken. We know that's the case to like getting everything in place that you need to give yourself the best possible chance of coming back. Talk us a little bit through that process of getting everything lined up and going through the process to get to being able to ride again. It was pretty easy, honestly. Like I knew I had the break 
And then it was a nice break. So normally you don't need surgery. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm going to go home and see if I'm going to have surgery or not. And normally like people were starting to talk to me, oh, maybe it's three weeks. Oh, maybe in six weeks you can be back. And like everyone was saying me something different. And then I just got a call from my trainer and he works uh, in one of the best um, clinic in Switzerland, sport clinic. And he said, I have a termin for you on Monday. Uh, you need to be at nine uh, at the clinic. You can have surgery in the afternoon. And then uh, uh, it's one of the best surgeons. And then uh, he said, you can even ride world champ. And I was like, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> normally it's six weeks. Uh, what world champ since it's two weeks? Um, like I was like, oh, wait, wait. Uh, and so I was like, okay, wait, I need to see if I can come back soon enough because we were in Canada obviously and my I will fly it on Monday and arrived way too late so the way the day went by and just went with Emily on on internet and start looking for for new tickets flight ticket and then uh, I find one that was really good I that arrived um, Monday morning at six in Zurich in the morning so that was perfect I could directly drive to Basel where the clinic is and be at nine there and have surgery and one. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I rode back to my trainer. Okay. I have a new flight. I can take this one and be at the clinic at one. And from there on, then it just went like, tuck, 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 tuck. and I didn't, yeah, I just went back home, had surgery. And then it was like, okay, you can do whatever you want. Just, you need, yeah, it needs to be okay with your shoulder, with the pain, but I was allowed to do whatever I wanted. Like even in, I stayed in the hospital for three days and after the first day I was already in the gym lifting weight. And it was, for me, it was crazy. It was the first injury I had, but it was crazy to see how it is when you are a pro athlete and they're like, okay, I had already physio there and I was lifting weight and it was insane. And then I came back home after three days and Everything was so dialed with the physio. It was like, okay, you come every day, twice a day. It took me two hours a day and then organized the massage for, for like the hematome. And I was there every day and it made me a plan like, okay, today we do legs day and that and that. And it was crazy. And I was just basically every day I went to the physio twice a day and the rest of the day I was sleeping. And then I was making progress so fast. So then my trainer also started to plan some some interval and stuff for my heart rate so I'm used to it again. And after five days, I was on a bike again and doing some sprint. And so everything was like super fast. I was still super, super sore, especially for some push-up movement and like, yeah, bench press movement. So I wasn't, I couldn't ride off-road. I could just ride on the road, but I was like, yeah, in another week, why not? So I did another week like that. And then I had to decide if I wanted to go to world champ or not. And I felt great. And I was like, yeah, Leger, it's my favorite track of the year. Uh, I will have the support of Swiss cycling with the, with the, uh, med, you know, Metsa Hearts, how would you call it? Uh, a Metsa. Oh, I don't um, know. Doctor. Okay, doctor, yeah, I will sorry. have the doctor of sea cycling, the physio of sea cycling, the physio of my team. So I was like, that's the best way to start again. And I was, I went there without knowing if I could ride my bike at all. Like I had no idea. I never tested before. And then, um, yeah, we just did what we had to do for the pain. And we tested some stuff with the doctor and um, with the physio. And 
Then, uh, yeah, I just did a track walk, but I was like, Whoa, we'll see. <laughs> and then first day of practice, I went, I was super scared, but I was like, if I go, then I'll like go for it. And then I asked Monica, she went for a run already. And then I asked Monica, my teammate, if I could just follow her because so I will, so I know I can, because in Leisure, I start directly with a step down and quite a lot of stuff. So I was like, I don't want to be scared all the way down. I'm just going to follow her and see. And I followed her and first step down was like perfect, no pain. And then, yeah, it was just super sick. Obviously I had a lot of pain, but I could ride my bike and I was just super happy. And from there on, I just, yeah, I had to manage a bit the, the, the runs. Like I did really the minimum and I did one day off in between. And yeah, I was, I was, it was super sick. I was super stoked to be able just to ride my bike again and not being in Val already, but having time to know what to do with my bike setting as well. That is not so painful. We narrowed the, the handlebar a bit and did some changes. So it wasn't so painful. And then, yeah, it was, it was a super sick weekend. It's my favorite track. So I was just happy to ride it. And then I said, if I'm in top five in quali, or if I think I can ride top five in the race, I will race. And if I know I'm way out of speed, then I will just not do the race. And uh, after quali, I felt like I could be top three. So I went for it. <laughs> how do you, how do you think about risk versus reward there? Right. Because a crash in the wrong place on the wrong part of your body could have, that could have been your overall done with, but I guess there's the, your favorite track and the chance of a, a world chance medal is the reward side. Like how do you look at balancing those two to make that decision? It can't mm, be easy. I think you cannot think about the injury when you ride downhill, otherwise you just don't ride anymore. <laughs> so for me, it was more, it was way more important to have fun have the confidence again on the track that I really love, um, then not riding, be safe, but then going to Valdisol, being scared, not knowing what to do, like if it's going to be painful or not. And so for me, I didn't even think about like injury or not. I was allowed to, to crash on my, on my shoulder again. Like I, I have two plates uh, on the collarbone that couldn't break. So that, that wasn't the problem. And then for sure, you can crash and break something else, but that's part of the game the whole season. So for me, yeah. it's like I crashed two times this season <laughs> and I, I got hurt really bad once, but I never crashed and I didn't want it to start to think that, oh, what if I crash? Because normally I don't crash. So yeah, fair. yeah I don't know. For me, it was I didn't want it to start to think uh, otherwise because then you're just scared and you can't ride anymore. So it's like, just do as you always do, like train, like, you know, you, you can stay on the bike normally. I mean, it can always happen, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to do my runs safe, look at the lines and then give more gas for the quality and see, see how it is. And the only thing that was a bit scary was the strength. Obviously mm -hmm. I had way less strength, especially in my hand. And, um, I was losing my, my handlebar with my hand, but that was also something that I could figure out and that I could uh, change for Valisol. If for Valisol, I was able then to put some Velcro on my hand and my handlebar, and that was helping me a lot. So that's all the stuff I could figure out during leisure that helped me for Valisol, because I think without Velcro and, and all those things, I would have survived. And I did only three runs in Valisol or four, so I, I didn't have time really 
to test stuff and to be confident. That's why for me, it was super important to do it in Leger. Yeah, makes sense. And Fowder Soul, I mean, it's a gnarly track, but this year it was gnarlier than ever. It doesn't feel like there could have been a worse track to <laughs> no. try and get through with an injury. So exactly. yeah, obviously you, you threw everything at it. Velcro grip and gloves is a, is a great idea to help with that grip. But yeah, just talk us a bit about your approach for the week because like you say you took it you took it pretty steady right limited the runs limited your exposure to any risk or any pain and and managed it but yeah so after leisure i was super happy how it went but i knew leisure it's an easy track let's say like it's not so rough it was pretty new so it doesn't mean what because i could ride leisure i could ride valisol i knew that but i was like at least i was pretty happy i had this experience and i was happy i rode leisure because I didn't know if I could ride Valdisol. So I was like, at least I could do Leger. I had my sick uh, custom bike and I was just super stoked to be able to ride. And um, after in Valdisol, after the track walk, I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> this is going to be super hard. Like this track is hard anyway. And this year even more. And even when you're 100% fit, you don't know how you're going to survive. And I knew I wasn't fit at all. I didn't have the strength. So I was like, yeah, it was super hard and I didn't have doctor then in Valisol so I had to organize a doctor in Italy and everything everything was pretty stressful and pretty hard and then I was like okay I went for the first day of practice I did I think two laps just I know the track did at least I didn't really change it so I didn't have to to learn it I, mm -hmm. I knew where I was going so I just do, did two laps to kind of set up my bikes and knew where I was going. And then I was like, okay, I just need to watch the people riding. That's I'm going to learn way more from that than just riding super slow. So I tried to spend a lot of time during the practice, just watching the other train and watching what they do. And I did, I watch a lot of GoPro with the guys and just watch, watch, watch. And then, um, first then quality day, I didn't ride at all. Luckily, I was protected because I was still leading. So I didn't, I decided because when I was riding, it was a, a big process to be able to ride. Even if it was just one run, I had to get an injection in my arm and painkillers and like everything in a big like warm up. So my muscles were not so too painful. So that was yeah. like a lot of energy just to do a couple of runs. So for the quality day, I decided not to ride at all. So I could really just rest. And um, yeah, I just took the gate, the start went out directly. So that means that was the last, oh no, the first to start for the final, which was even more stressful then. I had to <laughs> wait a long time. But yeah, I think that was a good decision. Um, the only thing was that I didn't know if I could survive a full run because obviously in training I was topping all the time and I never did one full run a single time so I was like well <laughs> just go and we'll see and I just hoped that I could make it to the bottom really that was just that was just surviving there was not nice that was not nice to ride that was not enjoyable that was just terrible top to bottom but honestly to say that I just did three runs it was a really good run um I don't think I would have been able to ride way faster for sure with my whole strength I could have pushed more but like with with what I had with my body, that was the maximum I could go. And uh, I was just super happy to make it to, but the bottom without crashing, I had a couple of close calls for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just, I had a time in mind. Uh, there was a time of valley in quality. That was 
4.30 or 5.30, I don't even remember. But that was the time I was aiming for. And when I crossed the, the line, it was exactly this time. And I was just super, super stoked. So honestly, I was just happy. And then I just had to hope that everything went to plan with Miriam winning and Vali not winning and just all the points thing. But I did exactly what I could and what I wanted to. So I was, I was super happy. Yeah, it must have been an emotional roller coaster though, waiting at the finish because you had you had a, a fairly long wait to see yeah, how it was going to pan out. Yeah, I think forty minutes or something like that. <laughs> Insane, and a and a big outburst of emotion once you knew you'd done it. Yeah, but same time, so exhausted. <laughs> I didn't really. I mean, I enjoyed it, but I was just so relieved that it was finished and that it was over, and that I didn't have to be in pain anymore. And I was just. I was just happy that it was over more than I was happy that I won. It just, that feeling of winning came a bit afterwards and was a bit, yeah, handled those emotions, unfortunately. It was not the same as if you are healthy and can give everything and then you win the overall and you're super stoked because it was just so painful the last weeks and so it took me so much energy that I was just empty and I couldn't really feel a lot. I was just dead. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people seem to have that like emptiness when something they've fought so hard for eventually arrives, but doing it in the way you ended up having to do it with all that physical pain and everything you went through must just make that even more challenging. Yeah, it, it was been a nice... nice reward for sure to to have been suffering for the for the three weeks in a row and giving so much energy for it. That was and for the whole season obviously. That was really a nice reward because I did an amazing season and just because I went injured, I was like, fuck, if I lose the overall because of it, that will be such, yeah. I mean, that's part of the game, but I was just super happy that it worked out at the end. And you, you kind of make it sound like this fairy tale process where you had this magical surgeon and everything was great, but I'm imagining it wasn't, those weeks were not easy, right? I heard you were awake, it, you know, the pain was keeping you awake at night. There was a lot of struggles to get through. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah, really yeah. plain sailing. Uh, at the end, you remember the nice, you only remember the nice moment and you can uh, easy forget all those stuff. But for sure, uh, it was super, super painful. Most of the night I couldn't sleep. And uh, no, it was, it was terrible most of the time. But then you're so focused on achieving something that then when, when you do, you just see the, yeah, the beauty of it. <laughs> and then honestly, you, you kind of forget about those things. Now, when I think about it, I see, I remember myself doing the, the exercise in the gym and trying to have as much mobility as possible and just challenging myself every day. But I don't really remember all the pain I had and all the stuff. But like, if I really want to, then for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think automatically you want to forget about everything that was terrible and painful. And <laughs> it's how we protect ourselves, I guess. Exactly. So, so la last time we chatted and we talked about the overall, you said you knew you weren't the fastest. Has that feeling that you have changed? Do you feel like you are, or you certainly can be? You mean the fastest? You, you mean uh, if you win the overall, you know you're the fastest. I think uh, winning the overall is most more about consistency than knowing you're the fastest. Because I think if you being the fastest for me, it's if you take a track and every everyone has ten tries or more, and then the fastest is the fastest then you have a lot of tries then it's the person who can really rise the fastest but 
our sport or like winning all the rounds or like being winning the overall it's for me more really the consistency mm-hmm. i and i think that's really yeah that's more what i achieved this year i'm probably not the fastest on all the track and i'm sure not but i was the most consistent i never did one mistake in a race run or like even in in quali i won five quali and i was all the time the most consistent but i'm not the fastest and for me it's the most important at the moment is to be consistent because i believe once you're consistent you can build and build and build and be faster so i'm not the fastest but being consistent all the time um allow me to be faster every time and every year so that's my goal it's to stay consistent and be faster a little bit faster all the time interesting yeah i was going to ask you i mean five years of world cup racing and you've already already become world champion and taken the overall how, yeah, how does that change things for you? And what, why, where do you find your motivation now to keep training hard, to take it into 2023? Is it to try and increase that speed and, you know, take wins across the board? Like, what is it that keeps you going? It's, it's a feeling, honestly, even if I say to myself, well, it doesn't matter now, I won the overall in world champ. It's not, I can't do, I can't just do nothing or like, chill a bit and train like easily and just go and we'll see it's something I can't do like it's not possible like I need to be the best <laughs> so every time even though I want those things I want still to be the best so I, every year I still want to train harder and be better so sometimes I'm like yeah you could just enjoy life more and <laughs> do more stuff with your friend and just party a bit or whatever but I can't, I don't know how to swing, but I can't, I can't just don't give a shit, let's say, and then just we'll see. And maybe I will do top five or whatever, but I, yeah, I can, I need to train hard and be sure I'm the best because yeah, I like winning and I know the, the concurrence, like everyone else is super strong and we're going to have even more women this year in our categories and when everyone is back from injury, Tane and Marine and everyone is going to be super, super hard to win. So yeah, if I want to win again, I need to put the work. Yeah, it should be exciting. And and this season you also uh, became a fellow podcaster with the In and Out podcast, which you host <laughs> along with Emily, uh, yes. which I've really enjoyed listening to throughout the season. How have you found that? Um, Just came, uh, first of all, it came because I was a bit annoyed of what other people were saying in the postcard about me mostly. Uh-huh. Um, s- s- most of the time it was wrong and it upset me a little bit. So I was like, yeah, instead of listening to others talking about me and saying some wrong stuff, I would just say it myself. For me, yeah. I was I really wanted to do a postcard where I speak about myself and then have some, some guests so they can speak for themselves. But I wanted to say the stuff that I know are right for me and how I feel them. That was the main reason. And then I wanted to do something um, that doesn't take me too much energy during the race as well. So for sure, it's super cool to do some vlog and film your weekend and all the stuff. It's great. But for me, it's just taking too much energy and I can't focus on my race weekend if I do that. So it's like I needed something that I could do afterwards and that doesn't take me too much time. And I was like, yeah, podcast is great. I can do it when the fin- when the weekend is o- over. I don't need to think about it during the weekend. And um, that was also the main reason. And also I think it's another 
type of person that listen to podcast um you're not just gonna find a video and look it and if you if you're interested then you're gonna click and listen and if you're not then you're not gonna listen to it and for me it's totally fine and so that was also the reason why i preferred to do a podcast there are like really people that want to listen to it and then they click and they take the time the only thing that is a bit annoying is the language um Obviously, I speak French, and then in Switzerland, we have a lot of people speaking Swiss German, and it's always hard to choose. I did yeah. like a sondage, and most of the people were still speaking English, so I was like, yeah, just do it in English. Normally, everyone understands, but I wish I could do it sometime in French or in Swiss German for, for those that doesn't understand English, but yeah, it's super hard. You don't want to, because I don't do a lot of them, I don't want to like, do one in Swiss German and then... 80% of the listener cannot understand a thing. Yeah. And then, so that's the only thing that's a bit hard. But otherwise, I enjoyed it. It was super cool to have some guests and it was super interesting to have, yeah, also the the input from other writers that I know a lot, but I could ask them really questions that I, I was, yeah, I was, I wanted to know. And that was super interesting. Yeah, it's been. It was interesting to me how open some of your competitors were on the podcast, and it's really yeah, cool, true, yeah. like to see that, especially in the women's field. I think there's a lot of openness between athletes, which is which is cool. Yeah, yeah, and for me, it was just for sure. Now, most of the podcast speak about the woman as well. Who I feel like sometimes they think they know, and then they just say what they think, but they don't even ask us first. And yeah, that was that annoyed me a bit, and then that that's the main reason why I started it to to say what really is for me and not just second guest from yeah. someone else. Cool. Good stuff. Well, it's been super interesting chatting. It was an incredible season to watch. Um, and yeah, stoked that you managed to get through it all and put it all together and deliver what you wanted to at the end of the season. I'm sure it wasn't easy, easy to do. Um, I'm excited to see how the next year goes for you. It sounds like there's lots of work going on to make sure that that's even better. If people want to follow, where's the best place for them to head? Oh, on Instagram is where I'm the most active. Uh, you will find the link of the podcast as well in my bio. So camp.val, it's where you're going to find all the news about me. Perfect. Good stuff. Well, I'll stick a link to that and to the podcast in the in the show notes for this episode as well so people can find it nice and easily. But yeah, thanks, Cami. It's been really interesting chatting and uh, yeah, all the best for a strong off season and we'll see you between the tape again in 2023. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> nice one. Cheers. See you soon. Bye. All right, that's it for this episode with Cami. I really hope you've enjoyed it. There's a lot more awesome content coming your way over the course of the year. So make sure you're following the podcast by hitting that button in your podcast app or heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. You can get a bit extra downtime by signing up to our newsletter at downtimepodcast.com forward slash newsletter. If you want to support the podcast, you can do that by telling your friends about the show, sharing the podcast on your social media, grabbing yourself some merch at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop or subscribing to our biannual Mountain Bike Journal Downtime EP at downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP. You could also leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. All right, that's it for today. We're going to have another awesome episode coming up really soon. But until next time, get out and ride. <laughs>